point number two, I want us to have a working definition of another word. Uh, this word is the word denial. So we have a working definition of betrayal. It's this exploitation of another person's virtues. And now we have this word denial. And, and when we look at that, uh, we go to Oxford Dictionary. It was a little bit better here. It says the action of declaring something to be untrue. The action of declaring something to be untrue. Webster started with a little bit different view. Uh, they went with refusal to satisfy a request. So let's look at that on the screen. We've got that denial, the action of declaring something to be untrue. And then number two, refusal to satisfy a request. Two fairly decent definitions, not, not too bad there, two uh, definitions of the word denial. So unlike betrayal, consider this. Betrayal does what? It exploits the virtue of others. The term denial is, isn't entirely bad. Sounds, sounds like it is at first, right? Especially when you know where we're headed. You hear betrayal and you're going, oh, that's Judas. And then you hear the word denial and you go, oh, I know who that is. That's Peter. And you immediately are thinking, you know who's going to betray and you know who's going to deny. And you have these in your mind already made up of, of who's going to play these roles. But I want you to hear this. The action of denial, though it has a negative context by definition, it is the motive behind the denial that we are most interested in. The motive behind the denial, for example, consider this. A child asks, hey, can we go outside and play red light, green light? And then you would say what? Sure. Yeah, go outside, play red light, green light. Maybe not right now with a storm going on, but you would say and normally under normal circumstances, kid wants to go play red light, green light. You say, absolutely, go for it. Same kid comes to you and says, hey, we want to play red light, green light out on I-77. And then you would do what? Request denied. Request denied. There would be a denial there. We would say, nope, nope. Playing red light, green light's good, but you're not going to do it where? On I-77. That'd be terrible. That'd be a terrible place to play. So what do you do? You deny the request. So denial isn't always bad. Denial can be good. So here, what we, here, here's, so what do we have to examine? We have to look a little bit more into what the motive is. What, what is the purpose? What, what's going on here? There is a, a legitimate reason at times for denial. Uh, consider this one. A husband asks his wife if he can order something for his collection. He does his best to explain why he needs to add it to his collection, but his request is denied. And I don't know if Cheryl is watching online or not. But just a hypothetical here. And he's, like, he's made his case in this hypothetical of this is, this is something that would be really valuable for my collection. I mean, his collection. And it, the request is denied, right? It isn't about motive. It's not about safety. What's it about? Bigger picture. The person has denied it because they're going, look, there's some things that I know that we're going we're gonna to need the money. You can't spend the money on this thing, this frivolous thing or this thing that you want for your collection. Why? Because there's a bigger picture in mind. So sometimes denial is a good thing. It can be a necessary thing. In fact, denial is not inherently bad. Anytime we see denial in Scripture, what it should do is prompt us to ask more questions. 
it should ask what we should ask questions like this what is the bigger picture why was it denied what else is going on do we know the motive behind the denial or what or who is being denied so in and of itself denial is not bad what denial should do is prompt us whenever we see it in scripture it should prompt us to ask more questions so with that in mind key point number two denial is necessary is a necessary part of the discipleship process hmm. denial is a necessary part of the discipleship process let's pick back up verse 39 coming out coming out of what coming out of the upper room Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and he was as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him when he came to the place he said to them pray that you may not enter into temptation and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying father if it is your will take this cup away from me nevertheless not my will but yours be done then an angel appeared to him from heaven strengthening him and being in agony he prayed more earnestly then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground when he rose up from prayer and he had come to his disciples he found them sleeping from sorrow then he said to them why do you sleep rise and pray lest you enter into temptation now let's pause there did you see the denial wait what did you see it here's a hint there were actually two what we were so we were so focused on who we were so focused on where are we going with this peter right we know peter's going to deny so that's where our mindset goes but wait a second before we get there there's another couple of denials that happened let me point them out to you the first one was what the disciples denied jesus request for them to pray jesus said i want you guys to pray what did they do they went to sleep request denied denial they and and consider within that same action what did they not deny they did not deny themselves sleep they granted their own desire their own request for sleep and denied the request from Jesus to be in prayer so there's the first one where's the second denial Jesus asked God the Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. You see what Jesus did? He denied his own request. He put it out there. He said, take this cup away from me. And then what did he do? He surrendered his own desire and will for what? For God the Father's will to be done. He said, he said, I'm going to deny my own request so that I can submit to whatever you want done, God. Jesus denied his own request. He denied his own request in order to be obedient to the Father. Pretty significant things going on here. So we have the betrayal set up. Uh, we, we know where that's going. We have denial that's taking place. In fact, it's already taking place in and, and not, just, not just Peter. Let's pick back up verse 23. Uh, in fact, no, 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 let's do this. 
uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. What did Jesus say? Jesus said this, if anyone desires to come after me, let him what? Deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So what, do we, what can we discern from what Jesus is teaching? Denial is not the problem. Denial is not the, is not the problem. Denial is necessary, and it's a necessary part of the discipleship process. What's the key then? To deny the right things. You got to deny the right things. It's not an issue of denial. The issue is betrayal is what? It's exploitation. It's always wrong. Denial, the question is, what are you denying and what are you accepting? That's the issue. So when you consider denial, the key is to deny the right things. Jesus says, I need you guys to pray. Denied. We're going to choose what? Sleep. We're going to choose self. Jesus said, deny self and do what? Follow him. So we get into trouble when we deny the wrong things and we do what? We give in to whatever we want. We surrender ourselves. Jesus said, Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Jesus did what? Surrendered self. He denied self in order for the bigger picture. The disciples did what? Denied Jesus and elevated self. Not surprising. We see that over and over. So now let's see betrayal and denial in action among the disciples as they continue to argue over which of them is greatest. Picking back up at verse 47. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. So Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those around, when those around him saw what was going to happen, they said to Jesus, Lord, shall we strike with sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Now let's stop there for a moment too. I want you to understand this. Peter wasn't aiming for his ear. Peter wasn't, this, you know, he wasn't trying to cut the guy's ear off. What, what Peter was doing, Peter was going for a kill shot. He's bringing that sword down. He's aiming for the middle of his head. And what would you do if you saw a sword coming to you? You're going you're to turn. And then that sword comes down and does what? It slices off your ear. Peter wasn't looking at just, at just cutting somebody's ear off. That was not his goal. His goal was to split his head wide open. That's what he was trying to do. But instead, he cuts off his ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Now, permit even this. That's, you know, we don't use that phrase. Um, we would say something more like, that's enough. <laughs> enough of this. Well, all right, stop. There's enough. Jesus is put, he, he is no longer permitting them to continue. He is telling them, stop what you're doing. It's enough. And then he, and then he performs this miracle. He touches his ear. He heals him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, 
the captains of the temple and the elders who had come to him. Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? See, yeah, he's fascinating here. He's like, you guys come out here like you're ready for this big battle, and I haven't, I haven't done anything to indicate, indicate this. When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, this is, this is your moment. This is the moment where you're going you're, you're gonna to arrest me. I get that. And when do you do it? When nobody's around to see and it's in darkness because that's how, that's how Satan operates, right? He does things in darkness. He does things uh, where um, you know, people can't see. They don't want the crowd. They don't want the crowd to know what's going on, so they're going to do it in hiding. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. So if you've got your maps, you'll see on, the, on each of the tables, you're going to see a map. There's a place that it says uh, it's the home of Caiaphas, his residence. That is the location of that. So it's kind of interesting now. If you're looking at the map, you're going, wait a second, upper room was here. <laughs> then they went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then they did what? They arrested him and brought him just a couple of houses away from where they previously were in the upper room. I mean, it's right there in the same area. So they're bringing him over to Caiaphas' house. But notice this. Peter followed at a distance. Verse 55, now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, you also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. And we, time prevents us from going into this in detail, but if you do a um, comparison of the gospel accounts and all of the denials, Peter didn't just deny him three times. He denied him numerous times. It was three times before the first rooster crowed, but he is actually going to deny him several times. But I want us to consider this. Keep in mind, denial is a necessary part of discipleship process, but we need to make sure that we're denying the right things. That's the key. That's the key. That Peter, Peter, was, Peter wasn't wrong to deny something, but what should he have denied? It wasn't Christ. He denied the wrong things. 